Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. Welcome to this episode number 237 of The Material Podcast, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm a very, very tired Florence Ion. And I don't even have a baby yet, and I'm <sighs> like this tired. Hmm. Well, do you think do you think the do you think the adrenaline will will offset the, the sleep deprivation? I have no experience in this. Oh, you know what? I think you're absolutely correct. See, it's what people this week are. Oh, people, our colleagues are practicing this week at CES, ah. right? It's just that um, they once they get on the plane home from Vegas, assuming they don't live in Vegas, then they they're just completely free. Of that need to <laughs> step into that car, uh, carnal, carnal desire, um, but you know when you're anticipating the arrival of a new roommate, that <laughs> well, no, uh, you, you will have to pay everything for. Uh, argu- argu- arguably, uh, the 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 child is already a roommate of the most like. Clingy, taking up like, room in my in really my, really violating your personal space in my meat in house, a, my meat yeah, house exactly. as I call it, my meat suit. <laughs> yes, taking up room. I mean, this is why I haven't been like cold at all this winter because I'm just I have a heater in front of me that's just been like generating heat. I mean, anyway, this is the Florence Ion complaints about being pregnant. Podcast. You know, I, I I just have one of those like oil fed uh, like electric heaters. I got it on Amazon yes. for like, seventy bucks. I have one of those too. By the way, yeah. they're awesome. They're way better than the regular space heater. Well, there there you go. That, that's that's your next pitch. You could like do an article that like, comparing the two BTUs, mm. reliability. It's true. Mo- you can, it's never too soon to start monetizing this child. Oh, I and and it's much I and already it's, have and it's much you're being a much better parent doing it this way than by getting them into pageants or getting them to commercial auditions. God, that's like, <sighs> yeah. I'm just I'm shaking shaking my head for the listeners. I'm just over here with like my head in my hands, just because I'm just thinking. I mean, get, oh, okay. <laughs> am I am to I rant hoping... or not to rant? <laughs> On the record. Okay. Listen, most people know that I'm having, most people know what I'm having at this point, uh, which is fine. Originally, I was going to keep it a secret, but then I decided, meh, uh, whatever. That requires effort. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to have, I need to know like what situation I'm getting into when this, when this person is here and what they're going to have to deal with in terms of societal norms and the way like people look at them, et cetera. Um, But ever since I told people that it's a girl, I've been getting a lot of um, little princess mentions. Oh, she's going to break all kinds of hearts. I can tell. Yeah. That's, Oh, she's already betrothed to like three different people's sons. <laughs> Which I'm just like. <laughs> so- and my answer, and my answer is, what about your daughter? What if she likes your daughter? You know, it's just like I'm trying to. Hello, no, we don't no. know anything about this. <laughs> no, no, is 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 your people's version of Tinder just like different, like ox and land and livestock to swipe through of like for these are the lands that i will get that i will present to, that i will endow but it's not for, just my people it's it's also just general american <laughs> discourse around <laughs> the gender of the 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 
sex organs of the child that I'm having. Anyway, um, wasn't planning to talk about that. On the no, no, podcast, that's right. Well, you know you now this is now this is this is so laser focused on Google and uh, collecting data and information. Uh, how close to the? Uh, how, how careful are you going to be about making sure that the kids fo- the the kids photo and name like don't appear anywhere? Because I know I know people that uh, they can they don't they they still they like using Instagram and whatever to like send these little postcards to their friends and family as we all do. But they're very very careful that they they'll never show their child's face. They pe- people who know them know what the child's name is, but right. there is a substitute name that they use, like for their eighty followers or eighty thousand followers. Do do you will, do you have a data security plan for in place for? So we did discuss this, uh, actually, you know, within the first the first time I tested positive on those sticks. Uh, <laughs> so we discussed how we're going to do this, and. Um, I think I'm going to use their first name, just their first name, kind of the same way I do like with my husband when I refer to him in the public. Um, and I really want to avoid their picture being outside of like a close friends group. So like Instagram lets you do close friends on stories. And so basically if I ever post a picture of the child, I want it to be strategically like no face back only. I have a friend who does this? Um, actually, I'm sure people who listen to our podcast know uh, the person that I'm referring to, but he does this with his daughter. And I think it's kind of a clever way because he wants to include her in like the narrative of his life and like the things that he's talking about. And he wants people to kind of see like, hey, we went to Disneyland this day or like we went and we did this. We had this really fun day together, which I think is fair because that's his personal you know, story. And he wants to talk about this time he's spending with his kid, but that doesn't necessarily mean like in bl- like I've never seen this kid's face yeah. because I've never met I never met her in person. So I will never see her face unless I meet her in person. And I kind of want the same thing for like if you get a Christmas card, it's because, you know, you are on that list of people that I trust not to like exploit the face yeah. of my child or something. Uh, you know, I know that's a bit uh no, outlandish, no, at, but at, at, at minimum, it means that I uh, I trust you enough that I'm going to put the return address on this so that it comes back to me if it doesn't arrive to you. Exactly, and I do know that a lot of my friends who are like on Instagram, they do private accounts because they post a lot about their kids. Um, and you know, on the flip side, I also know folks who use their kids like. Uh, as models in their, you know, in their businesses and stuff. Yeah. And that's, again, that's, that's it's up to each, exactly. It's yep. a choice and it's up to each family. But being that I and my husband are also both like extremely online people, we don't want to make that decision for the child because yeah. we're, we're both extremely online. I mean, I met him through, an, you know, through live journal, like back in the day, we're both people who have spent a lot of time just like the internet is where we socialize. But so you can honestly say that you courted the old fashioned way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. journal. <laughs> none, none of these mobile apps. No, 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 well, no. Oh, it was it was live journal via aim. Right, because you could put your AOL into message uh, screen name and your profile. I had and to read could... <laughs> what he his feelings on every single track of three different Cure albums before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, live journal was a lot. Um, <laughs> that's by the way, if I ever do, I actually think somebody did this already. So perhaps I'm. I think somebody did this here locally, is what I mean. But I've always wanted to do like a a show or something where I like read my old live journal entries because they're just so. I mean, they're diary entries, effectively. It's just that back then you could have it go specifically to just 15 people that you trusted, which is why I'm really glad, by the way, we're recording this the day that Twitter released. This is not a Twitter podcast, but we're recording this the day that Twitter released um, what Gita Jackson from uh, Kotaku called live journal features, live journal privacy features. Because now you can choose like exactly who your tweets go to. So if you only want it to go to like the 22 people who agree with you politically, (laughs) then it'll just go to those 22 people uh, to which I'm like, this is great. Like, this is what the why can't I think that gives me an article idea I need to write down. Okay. (laughs) Twitter is I think that a lot of their computing power is devoted to receiving the request how about you let us edit our tweets and turning it into something else? Mm-hmm. Saying that, see, it's a mandate. We've got thousands and thousands. It's even become a meme. The give us the ability to target tweets by region based on a hashtag. No, no, I think it did say, can I edit a tweet? That's really all I said. No, 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 yes. we're listening. We're listening. We will let you have stickers. Oh, no, again, I didn't. Thanks. I never got okay. any stickers, by the way, so exactly. that must be nice for you folks. Anyway, um... that's well, that's that's, <laughs> that's all that's all good stuff. I'm sure that we'll we'll see. Thanks for you, listening, you, you everyone. Did, you did no, 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 no. This this really is like important topics. Uh, you just gave me uh, an idea that I actually did jot down because I know some people on the Google Photos team, and I'm going to suggest to like there I can I can talk to them conversationally. And like one of the, and I know who I'm going to send this to. I'm going to say, I really wish that at minimum Google Photos and even better Google Camera had the ability for me to designate, like, here you 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 know what faces are in my groups. So I want to say that anytime you see a face of my kid Dolores, I want you to automatically blur it. Now keep obviously keep a copy mm. for me. But I want you to make sure that if this is ever shared to anywhere outside of my Google Photos or made into a public album, you will automatically, uh, preemptively blur that face. And yeah, sure, show it to me if you if you need confirmation. But that's like that's that would be interesting. It would be even more interesting, that's, yeah, if that were uh, like a camera feature, so that you could make sure mm-hmm. that if you want to make sure that like uh, Facebook and Instagram never never are able to clock that face ever. Mm-hmm. That, that's that, that's a feature that uh, – now, if they do that, I can't write about it because I was about to say that's the sort of feature that I'd be uh, – I would be writing like 2,000 words about what an awesome, proactive – Well, I was going to say that's the feature that – I mean, Google still hasn't given us fence removal in photos. Yeah, true. And so I think that to make it up to us, those of us diehards who have been asking for this feature since it was announced at one of the <laughs> – first Google IOs, I think this would be a great feature. And not only that, but considering what we talk about on this podcast, bringing it back around, uh, it would have, it would make Google fall into better graces in terms of privacy <laughs> controls. Again, And, you know, they yep, could be like, yep. look what we did for you to kind of help you so that you can trust us <laughs> again. So, you know what? Let's. I'm putting that out in the ether as a thing because I think... 
if if AI can do wonders, it should be able to do stuff like that. Especially for a company like Google, which is very like they use a lot of families in their advertising. And like whenever we watch the keynotes, it's always like happy families using Google. So, you know, keep families safe from the internet. <laughs> yeah. We're we're gonna be talking about uh, CES a little bit later, but yeah, that really <sighs> that was one of the things that Google was saying, so long as we have your attention, uh, can we point out that uh, we do, we're not the bastards that uh, the late night comedians might point us out to be? Or, yeah. Well, okay, just a side, side note about CES. Um, and I did disclose to Andy that I wanted to rant about this earlier this week, as I do. Uh, I just want to remind everyone what CES is. CES is the consumer electronics showcase. It's a dog and pony show. There are beautifully coiffed dogs and uh, perfectly brushed ponies that are just being paraded about in their best garments and, and uh, you know. Festooneries. Exactly. And that's what the tech exists for on the show floor. It exists as just like, look at this. Like, come play with this. Come touch this kind of thing. Let us also remember that CES is put on by the Consumer Trade Association, <laughs> the CTA, <laughs> which is a lobbying group that spends a lot of money uh, working with politicians to ensure that they can get um, favorable business laws to help companies like your favorite companies like Sony uh, et al in to kind of play nicely here in the United <laughs> States. So a lot of what is it? Sometimes I see a lot of headlines come out during this time. That's like, what innovations will be announced at CES? CES is not about innovations. Yeah. It's about here is what is going to be sold to you in the next year. So when we talk about the buzzword of 5g, you know, we keep talking about it. I feel like we need to shift the discourse a little bit to talk about the fact that we're not talking about 5G infrastructure here. We're just talking about how companies will continue to add 5G as like a buzzword to everything because that's what like they want to move you toward. Because if they move you towards 5G, then you're going to get ramped up about it. And then you're going to want the infrastructure and you're going to allow, you know, you're going to do your part to make sure it gets those cell towers get put in your neighborhood and all this stuff. Uh, and I'm guilty of this, by the way, because I am embroiled in a battle next door about the um, viability of 5G in our little small town <laughs> and whether or not it does melt brains. Um, so anyway, I just want to, Keep that in mind for everyone, because there always there's always these questions around CES, like, well, why is this company and like announcing this? I'm like, they're not. This isn't that kind of. They're not there to like change the world. They're there just to tell you like this is this is what they are planning to sell you in the next couple of years, and it's up it's up to the people who are at CES to kind of uh, go through the press releases and the things that are said and look for like. Look, read between the lines is basically what I'm saying. And by the way, anybody can Google press releases. It's not yeah. journalists aren't the only people who have access to them. You can Google a press release from any company. It's all public. Um, and you can you can read between the lines. 
And actually, it's sometimes fun to read the lines themselves and Google if there's any any lines of the press release <laughs> that sound like particularly snappy. Do a Google search for that phrase and find out how often that turns up in people's oh, articles about CES. Oh, that's a good. That's a yeah. CES. When is, I can drink again, that's going to be my next drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> no, for see the other the other drinking game would be. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this without doing the devil's work. But I'm sure you know, Flo, about how uh, there will always be a product or something that demos extremely well on video. Mm-hmm. And on yes. day one of CES, everybody from like someone who has uh, a YouTube account with 5,000 followers to like someone who does tech coverage for like a national cable news thing will like have a special thing. Oh, here I am on the, here I am on the, on the, uh, on the five G pogo stick. And well, you know what it really is doing. And you know that, okay, number one, they are with the company, the well-known company that, that is, that, that it has that available for press people to, to, to examine they're not going to sell that. They're they're being cagey about. Oh well, we can we have no ship dates or pricing to announce yet. They built three of those: one to actually demo, one to be charging backstage while the first one is being used, and a third as a backup in case one of them breaks. And they have no plans to make a fourth, and no plans to sell any of them. Uh, that's the whole- still more than Theranos had, by the way, yeah. in terms of working <laughs> units. <laughs> Uh, so but that's, you know so that's, what? That, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think most people are kind of savvy enough to see that uh, there, there, there's a lot of announcements that are that that fit the form of an actual announcement. Seeing here is our new laptop. Here are the specs of our new laptop. Here is the launch date, and here is how much it's going to be. Yeah, and that's cost. fine and because this, that's, that's, that's what that's you're going to be. You're literally putting that in the store, and we will t- be talking about that on today's podcast. Like you're literally putting those products on the shelf in the store for me to buy, and so I know like this is what's coming up. That's what the showcase is. This is not like any talk of innovation. It's all just. For me, it's all unless it's at a developers conference, because we were talking about this in relation to Google and all about Android. And it was saying, like, unless Google talks about it at the developers conference, like, I don't see it's not going to be a deep, a deep dive because the developers conference is where Google goes, okay, here's how we make this thing happen and developers, here's how you can implement it. And the developers go into the code and then they kind of like, break it apart. And so we find out more and more about how this thing's implemented versus at a dog and pony show where it's just like, put your best foot forward. Everybody look nice. Smile big for the camera. Vaseline on the teeth. <laughs> Remember to, yeah. to, when you sit down, sit down on the tail of your sport coat and peruse the whole line of, the, of your shoulders. That said, that is you an know, actual, that is actually a valuable tip that it, it comes <laughs> from broadcast news, but Every time, like I'm on camera, like in a suit jacket, and no, I'm sitting down, true. I always remember to do that, and or I always a skirt or, or like always, a lot or like yeah, yeah. I always yeah, remember, yeah. but and I always end by, just like Albert Brooks, look myself in the camera and saying, "Great tip." <laughs> uh, I do want to. I just want to end that with saying I, that you know, regardless of the fact that I am at home incubating a child, um, I, I do. I always have a bit of FOMO when they see all the CES. <laughs> 
Social yeah, media. it's because uh, yeah. it's the one time of year, like it's right, it's the new year. Everybody has, you know, their hair was freshly done for the holidays, <laughs> and everybody is somewhat rested um, from the holidays, and so you get to see your colleagues that you don't normally get to see. Yeah, there, and, and every everybody, it has nothing to do with being part of the tech press or working in the, working in tech. There are a lot of people that are in your life that are friends and you love seeing them but you live 2000 miles away and yep. they're not the kind of friends where they are inclined if they have a couple of days off and they're within 200 miles of you to make a detour to come and see you whereas mm-hmm. I do I do have I do have plenty of friends like that and it's reciprocal but I understand completely if the person that I that I enjoy having lunch with like every year at this show if I find out that they are in like Boston and they didn't say, "Hey, you want to get together for breakfast?" I will understand that. So, yeah, that's that's what I really miss about it. But that's pretty much it. Um, speaking of missing stuff, uh, <sighs> yes. so, finally, finally solved the mystery <laughs> okay. uh, about my my, my the, the my Pixel Four, or rather Google's Pixel Four, that uh, review unit that I have. Okay. Now, uh, this is this is unfortunately another f- chapter in uh, Andy's bum leg saga. Uh, mm. Now it's finally it's 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 getting better, but unfortunately, like week to week and month by month as opposed to day by day. But only like this week or kind of or like a little bit like the, the last week has it been improved so much that I no longer have an excuse to not do the housekeeping sort of things that were like really, really too painful to do like on the, on the status of my leg. And see one of the, and a lot of the adaptation of my office and my bedroom and stuff like that were Basically, there were there were. I will admit that there uh, there 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 were like goat paths, so to speak, mm-hmm. where here is where like clothes get just simply dropped <laughs> because mm-hmm. I really I can't this. I can't uh-huh. hobble across the room to the dresser mm-hmm. or to the hamper, and here is where a whole bunch of boxes are being stacked up. And it's your so, organized mess. That's what I call exactly. I mean, it's a, it's yeah, like I had to get. I had to, I had reoptimized my living space. To reduce the variable of having to walk from one place to another, um, exactly. I, I I will also say one one thing I'm taking away from this is that I kind of really like having a, having a cooler, having a nice chest like right next to the bed. That's pretty. I, it's winter, so it's not as though I, I, I want cold things. But for the past like month, I have been able to just simply wake up. And as usual, I can pour myself like a, a hot cup of tea because I boil mm-hmm. water and put it in the thermos pour in. But now I can just <laughs> take, take a paper uh, bowl like off the off the nightstand, off the stack. <laughs> take a plastic spoon or take a take a take a spoon. Take the box of cereal off the floor. <laughs> reach into the ice chest, grab the almond milk, and enjoy a lovely bowl of cereal before I'm before I'm even like really, really fully awake. That was pretty, pretty nice. But I'm sorry. What I'm getting <laughs> what I'm getting at is that for uh, this the the terrible secret is that uh, the Pixel Four has been missing for about a month, oh, maybe a little bit more okay. than that. Uh, and I knew for a fact that I hadn't lost it. There's a difference between losing something and something simply being missing i know it's mm-hmm. in the house somewhere i know that as soon the next time I, I get to i when i resume cleaning the house it will turn up very very quickly mm-hmm. and sure enough uh when i did some cleaning like three or four days ago i excavated <laughs> a pile of a pile of laundry 
to almost uh, the 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 primordial crust layer of the floor, uh, but between the floor layer and the laundry layer, there was the layer of my uh, gray uh, gray laptop bag. Uh, that I thought was empty, but I had the, <laughs> but I had the phone and a couple other things like in a pocket in this bag, so I was able to charge up and try it up again. So it was I actually so so finally I'm going to get around to doing my like the the final comprehensive like write up on the Pixel Four. I actually think it was kind of a good thing to have a month off from using it and going back to it. Because I have had, I've had a, I'm, I know I'm, I know I'm justifying just me being <laughs> Oscar Madison and no, Pike. no, 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 but, no, 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 but uh, because but make your case. <laughs> it was, it was nice. I'm just, I'm just saying that uh, I always. It's one of the reasons why I always, I, I never review a piece of hardware, particularly a phone, mm-hmm. like a couple weeks after I got it. It's usually like at least a month, so I have some time to get yep. used to this. Is I'm not reacting to this because it is new and different. I'm not even reacting to this because of the potential that I see in this feature. Feature I'm reacting to this as someone who's been using it day to day to day and can now assess how often do I use it and how mm-hmm. well does it work. Um, and so it, it did sharpen some opinions of the Pixel Four. Um, what I still I think it's a I think it's a terrific phone. I really do. I think that anybody who is in a position where they need a new Android phone, I think that should be on your short list of two or three. Uh, along if you're with- if you're considering flagship. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think to me, I think it's between Samsung, OnePlus, uh, and a Pixel. I agree. And my choice among the three would probably be the Pixel because I really, really adore having uh, uh-huh. Google as close to the metal as possible. Uh, I that's really what I that's really what I want. Um, however, it got me. It it did get me concluding that if you don't necessarily absolutely need to replace your phone like right now. Uh, I'm again. Uh, I've got a Pixel One. Uh, I've it's mm-hmm. it's got a it's got a little it's got bonus points. It's it's like I got an extra guy in the game because Google has given it uh, Android, t- given it the next version of Android, and I didn't expect that it was going to. So okay, yay yay me. Uh, and what I'm finding is that I might decide to wait until the Pixel Five. Partly be and one of the big reasons why two big reasons why and they both have to do with hardware. Uh, motion sense, I love the idea. It's not worth the I investment. Forgot all about right it now. until you just brought it up. By the way, yeah. See, <laughs> just it's, being it's, honest, it's. I I think there's an amazing amount of potential there. However, it is right now just a few, couple yeah. of months after it's been released. It's mostly potential unrealized. I want to see mm-hmm. particularly what Google does at Google I.O. saying here are new APIs developers and new things you developers can do with Motion Sense, starting with the Pixel 4 that you already have in your pockets or if you look under your seats or whatever. Uh, so that that's one factor. Another factor is that I'm disappointed that support for face unlock is so spotty. Uh, even a couple months later, for yeah. me, kind of a, I wouldn't say it's a deal breaker for me to have to enter a password every time I use PayPal or my online banking app. But I do use those apps frequently enough. This is and why I haven't pa- left the Pixel Three yeah, yet. By the yeah, way, exactly. I'm not no, getting. I don't want to deal with anything but the fingerprint at this point. Yeah, exactly. Even though I really want to use the Pixel Four, but yeah, and and it's it's too bad because the camera is a big leap from my pixel one so much of the speed is a big leap. Yeah. I like the styling. So much of it is again, a really nice big leap, but you have that one practical thing where 
if I if I drop my Pixel One like uh, off uh, off a balcony and it got destroyed, and I really do have to buy another phone, I probably would bite the bullet and go ahead and get a Pixel Four. However, if I can tell myself that you can still get along with your Pixel One at least until you see if the next Samsung phone is so mind blowing that you're going to want to even go to that instead of a pixel or even to see if I, I, I feel as though I can wait for the pixel five. I'm not, mm-hmm. so I'm not telling people to wait for the pixel five. However, I'm saying that, the pixel four a, yeah, I, I, I feel like as good as <laughs> I'm glad that Google is, is putting both shoulders in this idea of let's make really super great inexpensive or, or excuse me, mid mid right. expensive phones uh, and spe- instead of just throwing our lot completely in with flagship devices uh, and the, the value that they're delivering, for, they delivered with the 3A was just phenomenal. How I'm, I don't know if I might want to have. It's uh, for me. I'm, I don't buy a phone every year, every other year. It really is every three or four years. Like when I really see an ex- an excuse to really up my game, and for so I'm I got I've had like this money like taped to a taped underneath my desk for a few years now, and spend, the, the stack of bills is getting has been getting thicker and thicker. So I feel as though I can spend nine hundred dollars or a thousand dollars on a phone when what, what if I fall in love with whatever that next phone is going to be. <sighs> that said, be, uh, yeah, we're I'm just, I'm taking a deep breath because uh, you're just reminding me how much is left ahead for the year because remember yes. it's only January. I, you got again Samsung <laughs> Samsung has announced their uh, their unpacked event in uh, mm-hmm. San Francisco mm-hmm. in just a few weeks of uh, mm-hmm. February. I was so excited because I already had bought tickets for the uh, for the Metropolitan Opera on February 13th. And I was thinking, if it really oh. is on the 11th and it's in New York City, yeah. suddenly this becomes a business trip, doesn't it? Which means that I can, on my personal budget, I can take this out of the out of the out of the business budget instead of the personal having fun budget. Yay! But it, I can't spend I can't spend money to go to San Francisco for this. Yeah, well, uh, but, and I'm and I'll be eight days away from giving birth, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not a. I am not having a baby in the, at a Samsung keynote. It's not happening. I know it would like they, they would probably give really you a free solidify. Phone. I know it would really like solidify my life as for what I chose to do with it. But I just it's I'm not having I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as 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 we discussed last week, we are we are not living in sit in TV sitcom land, which means that. If there was ever any possibility of you having so-called wacky circumstances surrounding your birth, any uh, your child's birth, all of those circumstances were eminently preventable. <laughs> with such with such simple things as perhaps eight days before I'm due, I am not going to travel to San Francisco and do a yeah, and cover a keynote. Exactly, it's it's forty it's forty plus miles away from my hospital, so you know. Oh my god! Anyway, and, and if, if you had any plans of like making sure that like your child's face doesn't appear, do you, can you imagine how many YouTube videos you will be on? Hey, this is this is Chad of Chad's Tech, and I'm here. I'm here in front of the woman that was giving birth right here at Samsung. So smash that like bell. <laughs> you gonna name your kid Sammy? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, no, I thought I thought I, I thought we'd name her Blaze. <laughs> hey, that's actually a pretty cool name. 
Uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, so quick Gimpy Gimpy Bush update. Uh, uh, we are number three and number four. So we're actually climbing a little bit, even though we're just holding mm-hmm, on mm-hmm, to just two mm-hmm. slots. I think that is a fine result. We can be very, very proud of that as usual. Uh, and so we're going to talk about CES after this message. Yes, we are. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages a day. Pingdom helps you keep your sites and the sites that you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need alerts about any critical website issues. They'll let you customize how you're alerted, depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time, so you can see what it is that's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom, and Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code material at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Uh, come with us, dear listeners, on a magic come voyage to an oasis like city in the middle of a desert. Where Vice goes to say that, wow, dudes, (laughs) you guys are off the hook. And no wonder. Do you like how (laughs) Andy and I go completely two different directions? Oh. (laughs) Well, I went Gene Wilder on this one. Okay. I was was more going to uh, not even the colloquial version of Sin City. That more, more like the uh, the Martin Scorsese casino version of Sin City. It's like this is what this is where gangsters go to like wash their sins away and gain be able to do exactly what they were doing back in Chicago and Kansas City. Only now, by the way, I love the movie Casino. Just in case anybody's oh, wondering, God, in terms of Martin Scorsese films, yeah. Casino is one of my favorite. I mean, who doesn't want to watch Sharon Stone just completely fall apart? Uh, okay, <laughs> speaking of. Actually, not speaking of falling apart, not a good segue. Let's pretend a good segue <laughs> you is inserted me here. You freaking eyes for going to protect. <laughs> Come on, don't, <sighs> get, just give me a name. Don't make me be a bad guy here. Sorry. Okay. <sighs> uh, yes, Consumer Electronics Show, uh, and yeah. So we're so glad that we're here. We're in our offices in our homes instead of there in Las Vegas because. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's, a, tough it's one. a lot. It's a very very busy show. There's a lot to see. There's a lot of companies throwing announcements at you that you have to parse, and it's it's hard work. So kudos to everyone who is doing the work this week. Yes, I'm I'm perfectly willing to say that I'm too old <laughs> to, to to be excited about that amount of energy with that few really great and important pieces of news scattered across such a wide area. Uh, mm-hmm. that's just my thing. Uh, but there were, we have this, we are focused on Google stuff. Uh, and so there was, there were a couple of specific topics. Uh, this was definitely the event where Google decided to make a big play for, to position, uh, Chrome OS and Chromebooks as 
I know you you think of these as these cheap two hundred dollar notebooks that you that you buy in blister packs of one hundred for your kid's school, but they're actually serious, super powered, wonderful productivity uh, tools as well. And we think which is gonna- a very very important thing to show off during CES when Microsoft, you know, is still kind of the dominant system there. I mean, we're seeing all usually CES was a showcase of PC stuff. Yeah. Laptops and peripherals and like all the all the hardware and so it's good to kind of have this other platform. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's good to have a showing there. You're absolutely right. Uh the the big central news for Chromebooks is their uh, Google's partnership with Intel or they're, mm-hmm. let's let's face it there there anybody who builds any hardware around Intel yes. components it is on some level partnership with Intel Microsoft and Intel pretty much co-design every plat every Windows machine that exists uh, and it's not a, not in a nefarious way to have this sort of they're, they're, it's not Apple they don't have the the person who designs the CPUs and the person who designs the OS and the person who designs the dialing software in adjoining cubicles so you have to have that kind of uh, tight communication yeah. uh, but so last year uh, Intel decided to uh, launch a kind of a branding certificate or a certification program for Windows hardware called Project Athena. This was a way to uh, you have it's a special certification that a manufacturer has to qualify for for the given the specs and the performance and the design of a Windows notebook that allows them to say, oh, this is Project Athena certified, and that will indicate that uh, when you're if yes, it's an ultra book, but it's not just a thin but crappy and useless and no not powerful enough and no battery life enough notebook it is a thin light notebook that is as capable as pretty much any mm-hmm. any decent uh, windows notebook you can get uh, it's a set of specs and goals according to uh, intel quote engineered for mobile performance uh, and the target specific and there's a whole list of specifications that have to be met like you have to have uh, one instant action meaning biometric login it has to be able to wake from sleep in less than a second performance is going to require an i5 or an i7 cpu Mm -hmm. funny you can't have a qualcomm cpu in there oh well uh yes you need an i5 or an i7 cpu at least a gigabyte of ram at least a 256 gigabyte ssd uh battery life has to be uh, 16 hours or more for video playback and nine or more in typical use. And you have to be able to charge uh, from zero to four hours of battery in less than 30 minutes uh, fat with fast charging over USB-C. On, and the form factor has to be right. So basically, if you see, if you are, to, if, if you were to do a, uh, a search on Amazon or Newegg and you know that, well, I've got more than $300 to spend on a Windows notebook. I want something that's really, really powerful and useful, but nonetheless has the form factor of something really, really slim. You can just search for Project Athena. So uh, what Google and Intel announced is that uh, the Project Athena program is being extended to Chromebooks, obviously high-end Chromebooks. And that's it kind of explains a lot of things. I was kind of confounded that uh, I, you and I both have uh, Pixel books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's a great l- little laptop. I just really, really, really love it. And I was kind of disappointed that there hasn't been like a sequel to the Pixelbook. They have they have the Pixelbook Go, which is the affordable, not super super powerful, but powerful enough version. Okay, that's useful, but it's not what I was what I was hoping We're for. We're not the demographic, exactly. 
uh, and they also have the, the the pixel slates. And almost immediately afterward, we're saying, "Yeah, we're kind of getting out of the slate business or for the pixel line." And here it is for super cheap. Please buy our inventory. Yeah. <laughs> And it and it did seem weird, but now it really seems like oh, okay. So they knew this. They 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 at some point they switched their plan from let's build super powerful high end uh, 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 Chromebooks to prove how studly uh, a Chromebook can be to let's work with uh, Intel to create a specification so that if other companies so other companies will be encouraged to chase after the people who have five hundred to a thousand dollars or more. Uh, to spend on a pixel book and therefore we can spend more money getting sued on, on defending ourselves from like litigation from various governments, uh, which will be quite a, quite a relief uh, from us. Uh, that's it's, I hope that, I hope that that was their plan. I hope that the Google themselves haven't given up on saying, Oh, we don't want we can't make any money off of the pixel book. So we're happy to have someone else do it. Um, I don't, Oh no, no, no. I don't uh, think it's that at all. I yeah. think they're just trying out. They're just trying to see what sticks. <laughs> you know yeah it's it is strange though i um every time i try to answer the question for myself who spends a thousand dollars on a chromebook i'm never confident of the answer that either get through research through talking to people who are uh, expert analysts or through trying to work it out for myself because it seems as it seems as though once you're in that kind of rarefied air territory and a thousand bucks is a big chunk of change if you're uh, if you're looking for a laptop and you're not looking for an apple one uh that thousand bucks will buy you more or less any windows uh laptop in any configure any simple any but the higher end configurations that you want with whatever build quality you like whatever form factor you like you can buy at least an i5 with a good amount of memory and a good size mm-hmm. ssd and you don't have to hook up dongles for everything everything or use a magnetic keyboard and it's just hard for me to figure out who who is has that kind of money in their pocket that is not either going to spend even more money to get something ultra stylish like a power like a macbook or just will simply say even from let's get even a, a samsung or a dell or an hp notebook of the same pedigree but something that runs windows and is not going to have a problem <laughs> Uh, dealing with files and is it's i don't know what the math is on that i admit it i well i will say that whatever has been showcased at ces has me really excited for what's happening to to the the chromebook platform um but in terms of what's coming out from google i still think that they're just because this has been kind of everybody's minds like well if if okay spoiler alert if samsung is doing this thing you know, making these sexy looking Chromebooks that look even nicer than the Pixelbook, then what does this mean coming out of Google? And I don't know. Let's remember that Google makes the the uh, the bones of these things. It's not so much the the muscles and the, the again sinews. that word meat suit that goes around it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that's what there's that's where Google is like mostly concerned. And I think um and I again just as evidenced by the slate, it's just it was figuring out new form factors, figuring out what works yeah. going forward. And um the Pixelbook Go is kind of this like mesh of what they were doing for the younger crowd with education 
and what they were doing for us high-end users. So you can like, it's basically, it's a really cute Chromebook that you can put Linux on. Yeah. It's kind of the, you know, it's this powerful, but I really like the idea of these laptops coming out even from other manufacturers, because ultimately this is just going to expand the platform and make it just make it a bigger thing. I mean, it already has been HP and Samsung have already been making Chromebooks, but yeah. not like, not like what we're about to talk about. <laughs> Teaser yeah. alert. We may, as, we may as well talk about it now. The Samsung Galaxy Chromebook. Uh, I want it. Uh, I, I want I'm, this. I'm, I'm with you. And I I want it. The minute I saw it, not just because it's a color, okay, because I Fiesta really like Red. Color. My grandmother has dinnerware <laughs> that would be called Fiesta Red, and I'm glad to uh, see. My dinnerware f- is Fiestaware, yep. and it is red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And it's not, it's not just like red. It's this beautiful, like sort of reddish, orangish, like and and don't and don't worry. Those if you're a stick in the mud, you can still buy it in boring gray. But you can still. <laughs> why would you when you get this really cool, like reddish orange and the right light, maybe kind of even a little bit pink at the edges? Uh, it's uh, let's 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 just let's just run it down. Yeah. Uh, uh, starts at, so first of all, getting this out of the way, it starts at a thousand bucks. Starts at nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Going to be available by the end of March or in the end of the f- uh, first quarter. Uh, but with eight gigabytes of RAM, one hundred twenty eight gigabytes of storage to start. It supports up to 16 gigabytes of RAM and a terabyte of SSD storage. So that's probably considerably more than 999. You can get it with an i5 or an i7. uh, Mm -hmm. And this is the 10th generation, like the Mm -hmm. latest generation Intel processor. So it's not Mm -hmm. as though you're buying something that's three years old or necessarily Mm -hmm. dumbed down for mobile. Uh, It's very, it almost looks like, this they handed over their first Google handed over their first draft of the Pixelbook two to Samsung because it looks not unlike a Pixelbook. It's the it has that three hundred sixty degree uh, screen backlit yep. keys. That's those same two like little sticks of Trident gum on the hinge that keeps uh, that keeps it all together. Um, has no fan, so it will run silently. Let's hope that it doesn't <laughs> that it doesn't get too hot. Actually, one one of the specs of Project Athena is that. Oh, and by the yeah. way, uh, I, I don't think a part of the spec is that you can't have a fan. But one of the specs is that you can. However, you design this to handle heat, you cannot have it cut its performance because it, it's it's getting too hot. So none of that shenanigans. Uh, fingerprint sensor for unlocking <sighs> two so USB C ports. A micro SD uh, uh, includes uh, an S Pen, uh, like much like the, yes, much like yes. the and will and it's also uh, so obviously it has a touch screen uh, and will also work with standard uh, like Wacom style uh, styluses too. If you don't want something that docks inside this beautiful little springy pulley outy hole in the side of it. Uh, and it's yeah. I obviously I haven't uh, I haven't touched it, but I've I've I want to. I, I saw the pictures <laughs> and I've been seeking out every single video. Again, every every tech bro named Chad who has your has a who has a, an Instagram or a YouTube. I have watched your video of of the, of the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook just to see it from as many angles as I possibly can, and it it looks h a w t t hot. Yeah, uh, it's 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 it feels like I'll put it this way: if I've 
if I have given uh, somebody a thousand dollars for a notebook, this is what I'm expecting to take out of the box. Something that looks as good as this, as well built as this. This has will a four K screen. Years. Yeah, uh, it's thirteen point three inch four K AMOLED display. Now this this is the one thing that kind of made me go, ooh, that's too bad. A 16, uh, 16, to, uh, 16 to 9 ratio screen, so a widescreen panel, which that's I, a Samsung move because yeah, you know, because TV they got, they got monitors, plenty of, you know. exactly. They're like, hey, we'll just put one of our TVs in yeah. this, which is fine. I, yeah, but well, I just, I mean, I, it's you could flip it over and turn it into. You know, yeah. a media viewing, or you could, or you could put some like gaffer tape on like the leftmost sure. one sixth of it, and so make it it's just, mm-hmm. it just feels, yeah, especially. I, I really think that the rule should be that if you've got a thirteen inch screen, you have to have a, a one to three and third uh, ratio display because otherwise, it just looks weird. It lo- it looks like you want to hand it back and say hi. Uh, Something happened to the top inch and a half of this screen because I know that instinctively there should be like some more pixels up top there. Could you check like the truck that you delivered it in? Maybe it's like rattled around there somewhere because mm-hmm. I, I really want those top pixels back because this is kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, any there were a couple of other Chromebooks that were announced too, yeah, uh, that got highlighted as and uh, just, just to show how uh important that google thought that this was part of their message they did have a blog post all about project athena and in highlighting mm-hmm. these new chromebooks mm-hmm. from uh from samsung and asus and lenovo uh but they both all three really went in different directions asus has a new version of the chromebook flip that isn't necessarily that much different from last year's version but it's significant 14 screen 10th gener again 10th generation intel cpu all the way up to an i7 longer battery life partial qualification for Athena certification. So it's there for mm-hmm. power, but it's missing some of the finer details. Uh, and uh, this one also is going to be coming out in March, early March. They didn't announce the pricing, but if uh, they didn't, they didn't decide to give it a whole new name and product number. This re- I think the previous one is what the flip four twenty something, anyway, so, something like that. That makes you think that they're probably something not- in a number. Yeah, exactly. That, that that whatever it is, it's not going to the price is not going to deviate that much from mm-hmm. the previous version, which means it would probably be around five hundred to six hundred dollars. That would be the version with cloth seats and the factory stereo. If you want the i seven, if you want mm-hmm. all the uh, extra SSD, more than that. But still, very very solid machine, priced at roughly what. I would like to spend for a non-basic Chromebook. I, I really do think the sweet spot for a Chromebook is five to six hundred bucks because uh, at five to six hundred bucks, the advantages of Chrome OS over the massive overhead and and uh, and finickiness of Windows that's really where uh, you you can't you can't build a, a Windows notebook for five or six hundred dollars without making it without having to sacrifice performance. And comforts, whereas you can make a really great Chromebook, probably running the same Intel process, running on i5 that you would need to have an i7 on a Windows notebook to get that level of performance. Uh, and it looks per- and it looks perfectly good. Another 360 degree screen, so you mm-hmm, get that, mm-hmm. that that kind of mojo. Lenovo went into a completely different situation, <laughs> completely different direction, but but good because uh, like another advantage of Chromebooks is that they they can be cheap. 
so they had two different uh, designs. The the idea pad line. Uh, they have Do the idea. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> I jumped ahead there. No, no I no. just really wanted to say duet. The idea pad <laughs> duet. <laughs> I see. If we did this in a studio together, we'd probably have to like say that word together, like in harmony. Oh yeah, good point. It because it Lenovo is a brings duet. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. So, little auto tune. I'm sure Jim can fix that up. We're Mm -hmm. we're good. We're good. Uh, So uh, this is it. Really does seem like a more affordable version of the Pixel Slate. Uh, So before I tell you the price, uh, let me tell you it's got a 10.1 inch display with one and only one USB port uh, for both charging and for data and accessories. Okay. Uh, Magnetic keyboard cover. uh, That's including uh, included in the price. Another like magnetic keyboard stand that's also included in there. Uh, it's going to be compatible with most styluses, although it does not come with one. The CPU is the. Uh, I'm going to give you time to like open a new like browser tab because uh, I'm not sure a lot of people come in saying I want to make sure that this is powerful enough to handle everything I'm going to throw at it because I'm going to use this as a real laptop. Give me nothing less than a MediaTek Helio P60T CPU. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But I think you you understand that you're probably not going to be running Lightroom Mobile on this. It's a 2018 chip. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. it's, it's fine. Uh, that with, and, I'm uh, sure it's fine. I mean, you can run Lightroom Mobile. I mean, if I can write, if I can run Lightroom Mobile on the Pixelbook, just fine. Well, just kidding. That's an Intel. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Hello, Duflo. That's an Intel. Uh, uh, but I... that's uh, the base configuration. You're getting four gigabytes of RAM, which is on the low side, I think. 100, 128 gigabytes of storage, which is fine, not great, but fine. They're also promising Chrome OS Chrome OS updates through 2028. Uh, okay. Which is very okay. Very nice. Wow. Uh, and so, and this, wait for it, two hundred and seventy nine dollars. It's coming out in May. Okay, that's, that's that's when you start to say, okay, I don't mind that there's not as much application RAM. I don't mind that it's not even using uh, Intel's phony baloney. We're gonna call this a Core i something, even though we used to call it something, call it a mm-hmm. Celeron, mm-hmm. because we didn't want to offend the engineers who were working on the core processor line uh that's and that that's when you get down to this is a useful given that it given that it can be uh, magnetically detached from uh, from its keyboard and be mm-hmm. used as just a regular slate that's not bad at all uh now we'll, let, let's see like if I, can i hold it from like one half of the screen uh, and the rest of it will just simply bend from gravity i don't know is it is it water soluble I'm hoping not. That's mm-hmm. the, this is the sort of price where uh, 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 sacrifices must be made. But it's a Lenovo, and they don't make crummy stuff. I have a couple of different uh, Lenovo laptops. Some of them are actually pretty cheap laptops, and they're both pretty darn good. Uh, so that's pretty good news. On the more conventional side, they have the IdeaPad Flex 5, which, again, I'm having – so many flashbacks to so many hip hop albums from like the early eighties. It's like grandmaster flash and the flex five. Okay. So this is more of a conventional convertible uh-huh. laptop with a 360 Thankfully. degree hinge. You can get up to uh, an Intel i five. And once again, latest generation processor, wonderful, uh, 
32 or 64 gigs of EMMC storage, not PCI like SSD, but basically mm. a flash drive. Okay, we'd like to see something better than that. But you can get 128 gig SSD, PCI, Wi-Fi 6, which is the latest version of Wi-Fi, uh, backlit keyboard, also spill resistant. And that one starts at uh, 359 bucks. Which is again what I feel is those is the mid a good price for a cheap Windows machine and a good price for a mid range Chromebook. So I I hmm. want to see uh, I don't we they didn't release the obviously the entire like build to order uh, list of what, what will it cost to build this one out the way you'd like it. But if if the base price is three hundred fifty nine with three for thirty two gigabytes of not really good quality storage. Um, I'm wondering if you budgeted five to six hundred dollars. If you kind of if you kind of put it into Chromebook Flip territory, how could you kit it out? Because if you start with a, a latest generation Intel i5, you got enough potential horsepower so long as you're backing it up with RAM and storage, uh, and it might be more comfortable to use than an Asus, even though the, the Asus's are pretty well built and it's a big 14 inch screen. But it's I'm I'm glad to see that uh, Google at least was putting Chromebooks front and center, um, and the it's having they're having great success with Chromebooks in education. But the risk there is that it gets pigeonholed as yep. the a, the computer for your kids, yeah. the Fisher Price wind up hand hand crank right. computer. When it's uh, to me using the the Pixelbook, it really is for what I need uh, a little slim lightweight laptop for it's better than the ipad pro that i used to love used every day and loved because it really is the because it it does introduce some pain in the butt things about because it is chrome os and not windows or mac but what you get in replacement for that is that the damn thing just keeps working Mm -hmm. that i've Mm -hmm. never had a situation in which i open up the lid and it doesn't work or it stops working or it freezes up there have been times where it slowed down a great deal because I had like two gigabytes of storage left and I had like a kajillion tabs open in Chrome. That's on me. I'm not going to blame anybody but me on that. But it really does it really does point out that the Chromebooks have a purpose beyond just simply being a, an alternative to Windows and and the iPad. So, so long as they can make it useful, uh, I think that as long as they can deliver that kind of kick butt uh, advantage at $500 over pretty much every, anything else going I'm really keen to get my hands on these and check them out. I'm not I'm not sure about the about the IdeaPad duet. Not sure, but we'll find out. Uh but I'm gl- but I'm glad that uh, Google is, tr- is trying to make that point that this is not just for kids. This is a whole new platform. This is not the less than operating system. This is the alternative operating system and maybe if you give one of these notebooks a try outside of the improvements you'll never notice the difference. Uh, and on that note, we still have a lot of CES stuff to discuss because, again, uh, this whole week is taken over by this trade show. But we should take a little break first, I think. I think we should. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise gray hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. 
Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you'll get access to native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and industry-leading processors, root access to your server along with API version 4 and Python CLI, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores reserved just for you, and one-click installs in the most popular apps, including WordPress, LAMP stack, and game servers for Minecraft, and more. Go to Linode.com slash material and use the promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account. You'll get $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode's hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to Linode.com slash careers to find out more. The URL for that $20 credit one more time is Linode.com slash material and enter the promo code material2020. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, 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 what would CES be without a little bit of the assistant creeping about? You know, they, they, they spent – well, see, the, the problem is that they spent so much for that, like, Google Assistant Pee-wee's Playhouse sort of ver, uh, building, off building that they've been setting up at, uh, at CES that now it's a sunk cost. It's like they can't – they, they they can't afford to like write it off now, so they have. This to- year, it slides into a ball pit. By the way, yeah. So if you ever wanted to share a ball pit with thousands and thousands of people from outside of Las you're gonna, Vegas, you're gonna you know, see like in a ball pit like at a Chuck E. Cheese, you worry about pee. Uh, here, you're gonna worry about like analyst lice, analyst cooties. Mm. It's. You know, and journalist cooties. See, that's uh, let, let me. We have to cover. We have to remind ourselves and everybody else of this. This is not like a fa- a, a a festival to which everybody is invited. This is press only, industry only, analysts only. So Google built this knowing that they're expecting grown adults who are here with responsibilities to want to like go down a wacky slide and land in a ball pit in an environment where they're pretty much certain to be photographed or videoed by somebody. Dr. Scholl's in tow. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you know that's what makes CES fun-ish for some. It's day three and you're so tired you don't even know who you are or where you are anymore. And mm-hmm. something genetic in your brain says, a slide, I, I remember when I, was, I felt so happy and free and alive when I was a little child. I wasn't so burdened as I am today with all these thoughts and complications. Okay, Maggie the cat. Um... Many gentlemen callers <laughs> did I have that day. Okay, let's get back to so, uh, yes. so uh, so, the so they're, they're putting so they're putting uh, highlights on the Google uh, the Google Assistant again and uh, announcing via a blog post and of course all kinds of other demos uh, some cool new features some of which you might wonder why wait we didn't have scheduled actions before now uh, yes no. scheduled actions were. Uh, partly to uh, flex on the tighter smart home integration that uh, the Google Assistant has. Uh, you can now have timed actions. You can have certain things happen. You can say, please have the lights turn on today at 530 or please uh, turn off the turn off the heater tonight at 4 p.m. Versus manually doing so in the routines tab, yeah. which is much just so much more yeah. uh, convenient. And every and every example they gave was all about what uh, was all about uh, uh, home automation. I wonder mm-hmm. if I, I hope that it's a little bit more flexible than that because I could sort of uh, I could I could sort of uh, I could sort of get into I could sort of make use of uh, having the assistant 
please find at in two hours. Tell me how much time it will take to commute to this distance, uh, and then tell me what that distance is going to be. Yes, you know. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And yes, I'm yes. I'm just I'm just coming up with an example out of my uh, just off the top of my head, but I hope it's not just. You know those things you've been doing for a very, very long time with the Hue app on your phone, and you've probably already set up all the routines that you are ever going to set up between the mm-hmm. lights and the appliances and stuff like that. Well, now we're giving you a different way to do that and potentially clobber the existing schedules that you've already come to know and rely upon. But I'm not, no, no, no sour grapes. I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, this one is kind of cool. Household notes or like, like yellow sticky notes for smart displays. You can use... Uh, the Hey Guillermo command, like, mm-hmm. Hey Guillermo, leave a note that says, I'm, I know that you, I said I was going out for cigarettes, but I'm actually leaving you and never coming back because I know that there's a bigger, broader word, world and continue on the next note. And that will be displayed on your smart display and people will not necessarily not have to sign in or like, it'll just be there for people to see. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, a sort of a speed dial feature for household contacts. It sounds like, being able to have like a uh, kind of like the old fashioned like ten slot speed dial on your on the kitchen phone mm-hmm, where you can mm-hmm. define that okay call the pizza place and you don't have to say call Domino's Domino's Pizza on one two so, three yeah exactly I hate myself Boulevard nearby <laughs> so it's so that that's that's handy. Um, now this was kind of subtle, but this could be one of the neatest things that they are introducing at CES. Uh, it's just simple as, as simple as natural reading of long form content. And I'll here I'll quote the uh, the blog post here. This experience is built on new voice data sets to create more expressive and more natural sounding voices, so it's easier to listen to for a longer period of time. So the idea is that there's a system that is sophisticated enough to speak a sentence and tell you what the weather is or mm-hmm. the answer to a question. But when there, when you've got a web page or something, if you're, or something that you want to listen to while you're driving mm-hmm. and you have to have this, this voice speak 2000 words, you will ease, if it has a rhythm to it, if it has uh, a weakness, you are going to find it every, par- by the time you get to paragraph number eight, you are going to know that, Oh God, it, it does that lilt at the end of every third sentence and oh my God, it's this one of these people who who inflects the end of every sentence like this. And yeah, so it, it sounds like one of those things that sounds like a simple thing, but uh, it's only simple, only seems simple before you take the existing voice model and then try to read 5,000 words with it and then say, oh, you got to improve this. So now there's it's, also, yeah. there's also a, 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 a assistant command. Hey, Guillermo, read this page when you're looking at a web page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's also sophisticated enough that obviously it's not going to say, you know, Andy goes colossal waste of bandwidth, menu, <laughs> blog, <laughs> podcast, contact me. <laughs> Ads, ads served by Google Ads. Like, no, please, just maybe you could like have your attention grabbed by the huge block of two thousand word text that's inside this thing. Uh, so that's got to be work. It'll also work with in conjunction with translation, so you can have it. Please speak. I know this is in English, but please translate this into Canadian English or perhaps an even more foreign language. Supporting. Now, this is weird. I got uh, the one source says 42 languages. Another one says 29. 
So let's just say dozens of languages. Uh, it's likely that yours is included there. Um, there also a little bit promise for the future. I'm quoting again here. We're also looking to include auto scroll and text highlighting capabilities that help users read the text as it's being read aloud. So as it's do as it's reading a certain word, it will highlight the word that's reading so that 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 if you're learning to read or learning to read a certain language or even learning to speak a certain language, like you've told it to please translate. Uh, this French into English or potentially this Russian into English as it's saying the English is highlighting the Russian text that could be quietly wonderful. Uh, like mm-hmm. to see how that works. Um, they're also saying that uh, now this is something that they rolled out last year. Uh, you're used to that. They have interpreter mode, the mm-hmm. ability to have uh, sort of like turn by turn translation uh, using the Google Assistant as a translator. Well, they've been uh, integrating this into, like, outreaching into uh, various concierge-based services and public services. So now uh, more hotel check-in desks and more airports and more libraries and more uh, human services departments will have a Google Nest, or excuse me, a Nest Home device uh, on the table. And so, so and with, with instructions in various languages that could handle the, uh, I'm, I would like to go to the hotel. Uh, and you are in the hotel, sir. Ah, I will not buy this record. It is scratched. And that's, it, we talked, I talked earlier about how a lot of CES stuff is being shown off because it demos well. Mm-hmm. This, uh, but this really is something that demos really, really well. They did, of course, have a video uh, on their YouTube channel about it. And uh, I'm hoping that's not a canned demo. Um, I'm guessing it doesn't have to be a canned demo, but just the ability to have again, it is, it's turn by turn. It can't. Tra- it's not the babble fish. It can't translate what I'm saying as fast as I'm saying while I'm saying it. It's like, hi, can you help me with a car reservation? <laughs> yes, I will need the car at 8 p.m. That's fine. I can do 7 p.m. if that's all you have. You know, that's you know, turn by turn. Again, sort of stuff. 90 day fiance. Lots of marriages are built on Google Translate. Uh, I could see I could see using this with um, the the woman who helps me clean my house. Um, she's primarily a Spanish speaker, and even though I can understand Spanish pretty well, and I have a pretty basic grasp of it, sometimes um, sometimes I don't always understand. And I'd like to, you know, wouldn't it be great to just have like yeah. wait 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 hold on a second. Let me turn this on and then we can just like talk that way in the kitchen. Like when we're talking about something a little more technical that I'm not like used to hearing. So I don't really know how to, you know. You're about to mix bleach and ammonia. If you do that, we will both die. (laughs) That's her saying it to me, by the way. (laughs) Just by the way, because because I hired her because she's amazing. She can get anything of it, anything. And she only uses like whatever great cleaning stuff. But yes. So. Uh, that's, you know what? I'm into it. I'm into it. It's, it's great. I'm, Mm -hmm. I, I, I have to think that part of that is just to sort of like lay up the shot for, uh, when the new pixel buds come out. Cause that was, that was one of the features that they were sort of teasing. (laughs) Yes. But they teased it at the beginning of 2018 that this was going to happen. So it's like that at 2018, I was listening to, uh, Google Assistant enabled headphones that was doing that were doing this sort of thing. Right. And, like it's just well, it, and, it, and, yeah. and it does it does work on the phone. 
I'm. Uh, it really. It really would be a. This is what the future was supposed to be like. Sort of moment where I'm putting in this discreet earpiece that also has has a microphone and of course a little like speaker in it, mm-hmm. and it will hear what the foreign language person speaking person is saying and whisper it into my ear in my own language. And then when I, I, I suppose there's no way around. It. I have to say it in English, but it'll repeat back to me phonetically. <laughs> I will not buy this record. It is scratched. I will not buy this tape deck that is vintage just so that I can recreate. (laughs) Sorry, Andy, I called you out there. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I am successful and forward thinking. (laughs) I can look forward to the future. I am not so afraid of the unknown that I must take solace in the familiarity of an archaic past. <laughs> Sorry, this is making me laugh too hard. It okay, is okay uh... <laughs> if you download that app for your phone that plays digital audio but puts a picture of a realistic te- cassette spinning while it plays. I just I decided that it's okay for me to do that. But anyway, yes. but yeah, so anyway. that, that's it's good things to do. and and of course, as we alluded to earlier, they had to make sure that it's not really part of the whole uh, feature set that they're saying, but continuing our commitment to privacy and losers, we're saying continuing, not beginning our commitment. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. Continuing our commitment to privacy, the Google Assistant is built to keep your information private, safe, and secure. For instance, the assistant is designed to wait in standby mode until it is activated. And when in standby mode, the assistant won't send what you are saying to Google or anybody else, et cetera, et cetera. So walking through and there's new Google Assistant commands. How do you keep if you ask, how do you keep my information private? It'll say, we're so glad you asked. (laughs) Now, don't believe don't believe what that Apple personal assistant will tell you. We're going to tell you the truth about. Don't what we believe do. Tim Apple. It's, He's in cahoots with Trump. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, uh, Ricky Gervais really <laughs> hung him out to dry. Doesn't you? Didn't you? Never see our CEO getting in trouble for any ethical lapse. Oh wait, no. Sorry, uh, I've, I've been specifically told not to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, so it it really does seem as though every single thing they do has to be filtered through. Make sure if we have if we've got the microphone and there's still some time left on our clock, we can sleep slip in a we really do care about you. No, we don't sell your personal information. I don't I don't care what your aunt kept telling you or what your what your seventeen year old nephew keeps that we don't sell your information. We just sell ads based on what we know of you that we keep secret because I mean, we we spent a lot of money, man, figuring all this stuff out. You think that we're going to give away this stuff? No, man. We we are way too venal to to <laughs> actually not want to maximize our profits and our and our totally legal but should not be legal surveillance of you. Again, perhaps I should not have put that in the press release. Uh, I forgot. I've forgotten release this Google Docs with edits visible when I was supposed to make sure that I turned that off before I hit the publish button. Oh well. Hey, if this is the, hey, if this is the biggest blunder that Google commits in 2020, <laughs> we'll all be doing okay. Uh, so before we we have one more 
quick little break that we need to take before we move on to our last bit. But I do want to bring up just something that happened with the assistant last night, which was, again, I mentioned I've had insomnia. Unfortunately, my poor husband, when he works from home the next day, usually he'll stay up with me, which is like, oops. Um, But last night he decided we were having this really deep discussion about bath bombs because, you know... Yeah, we were we just were, and it was at like one thirty in the morning. And the thing I absolutely do not like is um, in is asking Google anything after hours. The way I call it, like I don't have do not disturb or whatever. I don't have, I don't have that in our room because you never know if I'm like waking up in the middle of the night and I you know immediately need to turn all the lights or something. Like I want to be able to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, and also because I have a smart clock, I want to, you know, see the front door, whatever. Anyway, uh, and he decided to ask a question to Google last night. So he incited it. It did the whole loading thing. It was about to answer him. And then immediately I replied, no, 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 no. Don't listen to him. Don't answer him. Right now is not the time <laughs> to answer questions to which the assistant took a pause and then replied, I don't want to get in the middle of this right now. <laughs> I was like. Smart assistant. Now that's smart. Anyway, I just wanted to share that little tidbit because that's never happened before where I've been like, no, 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 don't answer. I said, don't answer him. This is not the time. And just like, I don't want to get in the middle of this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, which makes me think, what has the assistant, you know, what? Anyway. (sighs) Uh, Well, (laughs) we will be back after. Yeah, we will. We will. We will. This episode of Material is brought to you by Booz Allen. Modernizing for the future is a challenge, especially for large organizations. You may need to integrate legacy systems with new technology. You may need to incorporate AI and analytics to work more efficiently and make fast decisions. And everyone needs new ways of thinking to move to what's next, whether for government or commercial goals. Booz Allen understands, and they're helping some of the world's largest organizations modernize. They understand the missions of government industry and the need to adapt to constant change. They provide open source solutions so clients can integrate innovation from anywhere, whether from visionary startups or major contractors. Plus, they're helping clients power new technologies with analytics. And because security is everyone's priority, they integrate their capabilities with intelligence-grade cybersecurity. With Booz Allen, integration means putting you in control of innovation. Integrate, innovate, get it done with Booz Allen. Learn more at boozallen.com slash relay. That's boozallen.com slash relay. We'd like to thank Booz Allen for their support of the show. Well, before we go, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a Google-oriented podcast. We didn't have to have something to say about a faux pas and something and okay, being hold held on. accountable. Hold go, on. Go before you do the faux pas, you labeled this act culture club. So I am apps. I have to. Do you really want to hurt me? We'll tumble for Do you, me dear listeners. Make me cry. Okay. <laughs> Just you know. Now, boy George is going to ask. Yeah. See, I'll, 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 that. see that that used to be <laughs> that was like the Act One uh, slot until I moved it down, uh, and I and I've decided that in the template that I use to write these things, it seems as though Act One is always we. It's always when we talk about. And here's some bad news about culture, about like the Google, Google corporate culture. So we're just going to create this new segment called the Google Culture Club to see how well 
<laughs> Google is getting along with its employees, the government, and the world. Uh, well, uh, Sundar Pichai, <laughs> this is why if you're the CEO of a really impressive and important and powerful company, you got to be careful about everything you say. He, I'm sure, especially he, now, especially in especially 2020, now. with what we're following. So he's so he tweeted dev, about the the wildfires in Australia, which we talked about uh, last week. And unfortunately, the situation is not getting uh, terribly, but still <sighs> a huge problem. Uh, but uh, sorry, so he, he tweeted, "Devastating to see the catastrophic bushfires in Australia. We've been working with emergency services to provide SOS alerts and info on our crisis map, and at Google Org and Googlers are donating to support relief efforts." And he included a link to uh, the Google.org crisis map. Of, of Australia, which is an example of some of the cool things that uh, Google apps can do with their, with their data. Uh, so it points to a interactive map of, uh, of uh, fire situations in Australia. You click on it and you get uh, – it's a map of Australia where just all these markers all the way down the coast and up the coast – uh, about the fires in Queensland, emergency warnings, fires that are mm-hmm. going on, fires that are safe, uh, Tasmania, basically broken down by by area, and it is a good demonstration of some of the use that uh, that Google can put to its data. Uh, and if you're, if you're a little bit cynical, you could say, wouldn't it be nice if you just said that, hey, we're donating money, and hey, we our hearts go out, without actually promoting any of your, but. I will, I will. That's a little bit cynical. But that's fine, uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, employees are you know following his account, and uh, Sam Kern, who is a Googler, uh, responded to this saying, uh, "Quote: Yes, the Australia bushfires are devastating." On that note, when is Google going to commit to the climate plan requested by 2,300 or more of its workers? And here he linked to a Medium post posted by account uh, called uh, Google Workers for Action on Climate. And here was uh, – we're kind of familiar with uh, these Medium posts, which are a, a powerful mechanism that are being used by Google employees, sometimes anonymously, to get their messages out. This one was created on November 4th of last year. It's called uh, Google Workers for Action on Climate uh, – from uh, the open letter on climate action at Google – uh, signed by 2,302 Googlers and apparently directed at uh, Alphabet CFO Ruth Pratt. Uh, it makes four demands, uh, zero emissions by 2030, zero contracts to enable or accelerate the extraction of fossil fuels, zero funding for climate-denying or delaying think tanks, lobbyists, and politicians. That seems like it should be an obvious one. Uh, and uh, zero collaboration with entities enabling the incarceration, surveillance, displacement, or oppression of refugees or, or, or frontline communities. Uh, and no, no, I don't believe that there was a response to this on behalf of Sundar Pichai. So, yeah, it's uh, as, as I've been saying, as I've said about uh, Tim Cook on occasion, it's like this is part of your job as CEO. That sometimes you quite rightly have to spend some time in the dunking booth. And this was, again, you didn't do anything mean by tweeting this out. But when you point out that uh, a bunch of people are concerned uh, about Google doing something seriously positive for about the about climate, uh, as opposed to something that's kind of symbolic. Hey, look at our nifty data that we've been collecting. Perhaps you could at least respond to this. Again, he has to sit in the dunking booth for that. Ugh. But yeah, it's like he probably 
he probably tweeted that out thinking that, oh, wow, I really, I really, really feel bad. It's what a terrible situation this is. And maybe we can help people with this, with this visualization. We can help people to yeah. understand exactly yeah. how wide. And he didn't expect that. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's, I mean, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. It's just. Uh, you, you can, have, you can, you can, you can agree with the idea that, uh, that's, that uh, Sam Kern was correct in pointing this out while also feeling a measure of sympathy for Sundar Pichai that like, really? I just, all I, I, all I just, I gave a, I gave some flowers to my dear mother on her 80th birthday and now I got to deal with hey you know where those flowers came from man like oh man <laughs> you know how much yeah. those workers got paid like oh, i just my mom likes like roses okay i'm sorry i mean it is a privilege to be able to censor yourself when you don't want to bring that sort of vibe to a conversation and I'm saying this on a personal note, just because of where we are in 2020, like what has been happening lately, how I've, you know, come to realize the the realities of the world and how things are done. Um, but, you know, in relation to Google on this, I the reason that we bring this stuff up is because it would just be really great to see Google have a little bit of awareness beyond what the awareness that corporations usually have and just kind of have them be like, all right, (laughs) this stuff is happening behind the scenes and people aren't really happy with us about it. Uh, You know, it's just like, it would be, it'd be good form. Yeah. (laughs) At the same time. Yeah. Anyway, you know what? Good for the Googlers at Google who are doing the work of, calling stuff out when they see it because it is a lot harder for for people i mean you know good for good for people for using their privilege for good that's what i'm gonna say exactly mm-hmm. and on, on on both sides of the equation it's exactly like, it's google giving it, a bunch of money away and uh you know googlers like talking speaking internally like hey so about that thing that you didn't sign <laughs> which would like really help. Uh, but you know, it's all, uh, this is going to be an interesting 2020. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I know there's we're. I feel like our podcast is going to get longer and longer towards the end of the year. Cause we're just, gonna... <laughs> but you know what this, it keeps life interesting. And this is my favorite stuff to find on Twitter and send to Andy because <laughs> Andy would be like, good find. And I'm just like, Thanks, Andy. Like, <laughs> I went into the depths of Twitter for this one. <laughs> it was sort of the dark. It was a dark time and a dark place, and I really had to like hold on to my one little flashlight. But you know, we got there. Uh, <laughs> so, and we'll link to all this stuff in the show notes if you want to follow along and like actually see what it is that we're talking about. Of course. Yes, exactly. We're, we're again. We're 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 like reading Rainbow. It's like, and here's from go to your public library and read more about this. So yes. <laughs> okay. Did I ever tell you? Here's how we're gonna end the podcast today. Did I ever tell you? Um, oh my gosh, I'm having total pregnancy brain that now I can't remember his name from reading Rainbow. Um, but he, yeah, thank you. He. Total, pregnancy brain, by the way, is a real thing. Like, I yeah. just forget things that I've always known. Um, he snubbed me at Comic-Con one year. <laughs> and I've never, like, forgiven him for it. 
And so I have like a very personal vendetta against LeVar Burton for this reason. So Can, and I have no problem putting it on the record. On, on, on behalf of most of our listeners at this moment, can you elaborate on what the snubbing, what form it took? Yes. Um, so, and and y'all might be like, really, Flo, you're making a big deal out of this. What do you don't even know? Um, so, you know, the actress from Star Trek with like the the dark curly hair. Uh, Rena Sirtis. Yes. She played Tor. Um, yes. So she was with LeVar Burton and they were like just outside uh, some cafe in San Diego. We were there for Comic-Con and I just wanted to say hello to him because this is when he was really popular on Twitter when he was like kind of one of the verifieds that would like secretly like people's stuff and you'd be like, oh my God, LeVar Burton, like my tweet. <laughs> Um, and he just, I said hi to him. I don't, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I just remember him being like, no, 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 not, not here to talk, not here to like engage with people. And like, I, I respect that from, you know, from, I do respect the fact that like, you're not, you don't always have to be on. And just because you're at Comic Con doesn't mean that like people should be allowed to flood you because they were getting flooded. It was just like the nerds all smelled them and then just like turn their heads and, and it's exactly, you know, like if, you know, the Beatles were around the corner um, at their in during their hair day, and so I get it. I totally get it. But the the actress, she was much more just kind about it, and she was like, "No, no, no, I'm so sorry. Like we're on our way to another event." It was just like I would have appreciated, like you know, the carrot approach versus the stick approach. That's all I'm trying to say. So, and because of that, I I have a. I have a snubbery for Laura Varburton versus Mark Hamill, who's tweeted at me several times in response to tweets that I've tweeted him. You know. Are we talking likes? Or are we talking? He's t- he's tweeted me a couple times in the past couple of years, not out of nowhere because I've because right. I've included him, I've tagged him, but because I'm verified, I think it makes him more inclined to like be like, oh, who is this person? Yeah. Say so. I try to use that to my advantage, my blue check mark. <laughs> That's how I use it to my advantage to get like Bark Hamill to talk to me. And so I've I I I've not achieved that. I've I <laughs> I, I somewhere in my, on my Dropbox there is a enlarged screen grab of <laughs> just the Twitter interface saying Mark Hamill liked your tweet. I have I have a couple of those and, too. I, yeah, like, and it's like I don't I, I keep flip flopping between there's no way that this isn't a silly thing to print out and frame nicely to have on my wall. The question is, is it is it is it more silly to take it to that one really great framing shop to have a custom frame and acid free everything made for $150? Or is it more silly? Because that, that means that, hey, if if you see this on the wall, either A, you're going to think, oh, he's being sarcastic. He's being self-deprecating by saying, oh, look how overblown, especially with that little like art light that's on top of it. <laughs> when actually, no, it's because it really is. Or it said, oh, isn't that, isn't that kind of cute that he really uh, – that, that, that really did like delight him that Mark Hamill – like you know, liked something that, uh, in an abstract way at least, liked something that he that Andy created. That's correct. Or is it more like you went to CVS and you bought like a ten dollar frame, and it's like, dude, either either 
Like don't don't try to get a little bit wet. Either you're going to dive in or you're going <laughs> to stay dry. But none of this like I'm going to wade in up to my knees. <laughs> it's right. Lean into it. Lean exactly. in if you're going to be that excited just you just kinda, go for you kind of got to own it. And I and I'm perfectly happy with if someone points to that and a floating question mark appears over their head saying that <laughs> I try to one of the one of my metrics for am I living a proper and good life is that if 10 year old me got a le- got a look into who I am and what I do and what kind of adventures I have I've had would they be pleased to be the past to, that I'm that I that I'm going to that I have marked out this spot that they're going to be in in the next 30 or 30 or 40 years and you know what the 10 year old version of myself is ecstatic Mm-hmm. And pro- probably because 10-year-old me doesn't understand, like, okay, when I say that Mark Hamill saw something that I wrote and indicated approval, that actually means a lot less in context. And you, I'm glad you're – I'm glad and, – and then 70-year-old me is like, oh, let the boy have his be, – be excited exactly. about this. Why why, why – <laughs> Middle-aged Andy, don't be the screen door on 10-year-old Andy's submarine. Exactly. <laughs> You're so wise, seventy uh, year old Andy. Thank you. You always put things in proper perspective. And on that note, on thanks that everyone note, for listening. How, now, uh, other other than childbirth, uh, what do you have got planned for the immediate future that you would actually like people to be able to check in on? Uh, just go check out Flow Feed, FlowFeedFlorenceIron.com. I've been updating it with my latest work. Still updating it this week, and um, hoping to get out. Still hoping to get out a couple episodes of Honestly Tech before I go on a self-imposed maternity leave. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, and you can see uh, I'm going to be on uh, Boston Public Radio again on Monday. It's usually about every week. I'm, I'm, I'm discombobulated because I've been on Mondays for the past few weeks instead of Fridays, yeah. which is my usual, which means that my brain is pro. My brain at this point has been trained that if I'm at the if I'm in a WGBH studio blathering about tech for 20 minutes to a half hour, it must be Friday, which means that the next day is the weekend. So it throws me so much to be for it to be Monday, and and now it's Wednesday, and it means that like all of like the stuff that I need to be I need to wake up early for and get dressed up for is done. I don't have to like get dressed up for it. And yep. this this on top of the usual twilight zone between christmas and new year's i'm not knowing what day it is i honestly have thought it was friday for the past week and i was only right once but i was right once well that's going to do it for us this week everybody thank you so much for listening to us this week hope you listen to us again next week until then everybody have a fantastic seven days bye have a happy 